Coming up on this episode, we discuss how little the hosts know about the Super Bowl, the profits found in selling NFTs, and why plumbing should be left to the plumbers. Then we enter the week's tech news, including the Wordle phenomenon and even more gaming acquisitions. Stick around, it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 331, recorded January 31st, 2022. The Tale of C.H. Hansen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course, you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow of podcasting. Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau are here. Good evening, gentlemen. I don't know who either of those people are. Oh, no, Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. (laughs) No! Oh, wow. No, I didn't even have the hubris to guess. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think they're football. (sighs) Is that true? They, thank you. Uh, They are. They're the two quarterbacks who will be playing in the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Right. The Bengals. I've heard of this. Yeah. Joe Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Bengals, and Matt Stafford, the quarterback of the Rams. Now, these are basically two NFL teams I've never heard of. The LA Rams. Rams? I I mean, I assumed LA has a football team, but I've never really heard of them. They used to be the Saints. 49ers. Were they the ones playing in that Super Bowl when the lights went out? No. No, that would have been Ravens 49ers. Right. Weren't the, the Rams so. were the first team that the Patriots beat way back in the day in the Super Bowl, right? The first time. That's right. That's right. In 2001. They had previously won in 1999. The greatest show on turf, they called right. them. Right. That's right. Because they, oh. the, they yes. were the incumbent. Yes, and they were very, they were very good. A lot of Hall of Famers Warner. on that team, and then of course Joe Burrow uh, plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that's never really been good. Right now, a Bengal is a tiger. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. They have a a tiger stripe motif about them in the great city of Cincinnati. Now, a subsequent important question: I saw a picture of the St. Louis Rams or a St. Louis Rams player. Is that their normal jersey that looks absolutely insane? Uh, the Rams jerseys? Yeah, I rem- now I have to look it up. Yeah, you might have to look it up, but they do have they do have a pretty bold color scheme. A lot of the teams are getting into that now. It's like very See, when I just googled it, it doesn't look like what I saw. What I saw was something crazy. This looks like a classic blue and yellow color scheme to me. Oh, I googled St. Louis Rams jersey. Yeah, I mean, you might have caught, you know, they do those special one-off throwback jerseys or the color rush jerseys and or they get get a little Maybe zany. yeah, this this seems normal. Maybe it was like a weird a weird uh like a novelty novelty game that I saw. Cool. Who knew? Yeah, get excited for that. Who are you rooting for, Sean? Oh, boy. I, you know what, Dan? I'm rooting for a good time. That's <laughs> what I'm rooting for. I, I couldn't dare pick a winner. I just watch for the commercials. It's going to be great. Well, you know, Matt and I will be doing our annual Super Bowl prop bets again this year. <laughs> That's so part of the Super Bowl. Once again, I'll have an opportunity to lose. Uh, so look forward to that. That's coming up. Now, yes, Sean, did, did we talk on the show about your your NFT success story? 
Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, Dan. Let's talk about my NFT success story, please. Um, Because it it does deserve a follow-up. So um, we, I was going to say famously, but that's a lie. We, uh, a while back, had an NFT episode where we tried to purchase NFTs. I was the only one who actually (laughs) bought one for, I would like to say, for the record. Um, (laughs) Somehow I ended up being the only sucker who could uh, do it. Uh, So I'm logging into my account to double check here. I haven't looked at this forever, but I got involved in NBA Top Shot which is the NBA's official NFT marketplace for what they call moments or player highlights. Um, I somehow managed, got, uh, I got roped into uh, spending a, what did I say? $130 on, on these stupid moments. Um, so it was definitely a sunk cost at this point. Mm-hmm. But the upside is I sold my first ever moment, a Jalen Brown three-pointer, uh, from 2001, uh, it was number 4,300 of 9,999 off the base set, and I sold it for $13, which was more than what I paid nice. for it. There you go. Now, do you have a... So, a very narrow profit. Do you have a sense of why anyone would care about this particular moment? Well, so Top Shot, one of Top Shot's big gimmicks, and this is how they got me to spend that amount of money, <laughs> is they... They have you make a collection, right? And then there are challenges based on those collections. So it's so like right now there are challenges where it's like create a challenge featuring seven specific moments from a specific pack to earn a specific NFT, blah blah Mm -hmm. blah. So you know it it encourages people to not just have like valuable ones, but to collect a group of them. And so someone will buy like just a random one so they can have the entire collection. Got it. And do you know that's what happened here, or you just suspect? I just suspect. I don't know. Should I buy another pack? No. Oh, it's not. It hasn't <laughs> dropped yet. I got to wait for the pack to drop. Here's a forty-nine dollar Kevin Durant pack. Interesting. So no. So overall, uh, I've only ever lost money on it, but I did officially buy and sell an NFT. So you, you, that was you uh, really pretty exciting. Did the um. Do you have to report that on your taxes? <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yes. That's a that's a uh, e- even though it's a net. Well, you know when you maybe I can write off the loss. Ooh, good point. Uh, as an investment. There you go. I got I got to call my accountant and see if I can get to the <laughs> bottom of this because I would I definitely lost money on this. That is uh, that is for sure. Because if you guys want, I have a Dwayne Wade layup for sale right now, number 1,007 for $75. That one I'd really like to sell. <laughs> um, and so you just have it listed for $75. Yes. There's no, like, you can't do, like, a bidding system? Nope. It's a straight price. Um, but what you can... So I'm going to look at some of the other ones. So it it, it lists, like all of the ones around that number that are available for sale. So like I have number 1007 serial number three, which is Dwayne Wade's Jersey number is selling right now for $22,000. And this is the same moment. Um, It's the same moment. It's just, they're individually numbered. Wow. 
And so now if I look, I have 1007 for $75. 1002 is for sale for $200. 1013 for $85. So I'm I'm optimistic that maybe someone will buy it. <laughs> wow. And how much did you have to sell it for to make to recoup your costs? Well, like I, I on a per card basis, it's I didn't really track it. Like I said, I'm about 130 bucks all in. And I sold my Dwayne Wade for what did I say? Fifteen. Yeah. So if that's the case, then I've got a ways to go. <laughs> I've got a ways to go. But, you know, it's an investment, right? Yeah. You know, you don't invest for the, it's a long term investment. It's going to my it's retirement time fund. in the market, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'll hook you guys up with a Marcus Smart three pointer <laughs> for cheap. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, so I'm done. Have you guys bought any NFTs? No. You never figured it out? You you didn't get one of those smoking? I think I did figure something out, but I I already forgot what I figured out with the wallets. Well, you were going to buy that little gif of the spinning soccer ball. And I think someone, I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe no one bought it, but yeah, I never figured it out. Hmm, probably for the best. Put your money where it's safe, the stock right. market. Now, speaking of things we talked about on past shows, last week, I think it was it was on the show, right, where we talked about uh, how I could get a smart lock and how I should get a smart garage door opener? Yeah. Yes, sir. So the, the conclusion of the smart lock story is that uh, Sean was wrong. And the fact that my lock has a keyhole on both sides is actually extremely important and is one of like the only locks that you can't put a smart lock on. And in fact, the brand of the locks on all of my doors uh, is specifically called out in the instructions of this smart lock saying, yeah, you can't use this with these this branded lock. Uh, I was then like, why is that? Like, what? How could a lock like this be useful uh a lock with a keyhole on both sides the answer is it means if someone were to like use an axe and chop a hole through your door they then couldn't reach in through the hole and open your door with a little twisty thingy on the other side uh and i think they're also pretty hard to pick from what i was reading on the lock picking subreddit uh, but someone else in the lockpicking subreddit was basically like, yeah, there's no reason to have a lock this good on a house. And if you do have a lock this good on your house, it actually might, you know, put you more at risk because someone would be like, ooh, what's in this house? They have all these nice locks. <laughs> well, I, I would also think, though, like any upside you get from that, like almost incredibly rare situation, you lose and needing to get out of your house quickly and being unable to unlock yes. the door because you don't have a key. It's a huge pain in the ass. We forget to lock our door all the time now because you need a key <laughs> to lock it. There's several times we've woken up in the morning or come back and been like, oops. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually illegal uh, also because it's a fire hazard. Um, but, you know, we're grandfathered in. Right. Great. Um. Is it, you know, when you, when, you know, it's funny you say that when you're grandfathered in, is that ever a good thing? Unlimited data plans. That's about it. That, I, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. But in, anything with like homes where you're like, they made this new rule to make it safer. Right. But we're grandfathered in. It's like, 
We have exclusively lead-based paint, but don't worry, we're grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. The wall is li- whole place is lined with asbestos. It's very warm. Don't worry, but we're grandfathered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, between that and the there is a very old 90s era security system, smart home style stuff installed in this house, just like these massive indoor motion detectors like the ones you have on the floodlights <laughs> outside, but inside oh, yeah. and these little plastic doodads on every door that still blink whenever you open and close the door. But, you know, I don't think I could connect to anything. Uh, so I think the, you know, one of the previous owners of this place was just a little bit of a, a little bit of a nut. Uh uh, oh, but the smart garage door opener uh, worked great. No hey, issues. Wonderful. Um, and of course, I don't remember if we talked about this last time. I think this is why we talked about this, because I was I was figuring out that I could put all the ring stuff in Homebridge. Did we talk about this? My ring smart doorbell. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, new development since then is Homebridge now supports... Uh, HomeKit secure video, so now I don't need to pay for the Ring subscription in order to see what happened at my door when it detected motion because oh, that's it's all awesome. stored in, in my iCloud, which is cool. In the cloud. And, and similarly, I can hook up the Smart Garage door opener to HomeKit using HomeBridge without needing to buy the $70 uh, dingus that they want you to buy, which is fantastic, and it works great. The only thing that's weird is in HomeKit, I, I forget if it's opening or closing the door. One of them, it won't do automatically. I think it's probably closing. Um, so that's a little bit of a bummer. Like, I can't actually set up a thing where it's like, when I leave the house, close the garage door. But, you know, I found that I, I had that turned on for a while. I found it not good enough. Like, the GPS on the phone wasn't accurate enough maybe this was a couple of years ago but i found it would like open and close at weird times i almost never used that yeah i was when we went to the uh the bookstore in seattle that only had programming books uh my so i have some of these location-based home kit alerts uh and they work pretty well in a city like all of these things right like they all of these smart home things assume you live in a suburb and so I have to get, you know, a couple blocks away from my house before it's like, oh, you left home. It's like, yeah, I did that a while ago. <laughs> um, but it was like every five minutes, it was like someone left home, someone arrived home, someone left home, someone arrived home. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, is someone breaking into our house? Was it the thing with the Apple Watch again? And it wasn't any of those things. And then we were going home and I opened up Apple Maps to figure out how to get home. And sure enough, Apple Maps was like, you are home. Like, what? No. And then uh, eventually it fixed itself. But I had some like weird GPS bug in iOS this weekend. Hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're getting hacked. It could be getting hacked. It's true. Wow. But I love the smart garage door opener. That is one of the only smart home things uh or i don't know if that's true it is the smart home thing that has gotten the biggest applause from the uh, other member of the household i'll say 
And I stand by it's the like ease of the low cost and ease of insulation installation, like ratio to the most you get out of it. <laughs> like, it's not perfect. It doesn't change your life. But for the price and the ease of installing it, I like, didn't even have to screw anything in because a I couldn't because I don't have a drill, which I'm realizing is a thing you need when you live in an actual house. Um, mm. But I just use command hooks. I command hook the shit out of it. It was everything's yeah. taped to the walls. It's great. But yeah, especially because yeah. our garage door remote didn't work pretty much at all before. So now we actually have one and the cost was $30 and it's hooked up to all the things. It's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Amazing. The future is here. I fixed my sink this week. Sure is, man. Ooh. Whoa. Mitch, man, don't pay. It, this really is becoming a home improvement podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's up with the sink, man? What happened? Well, Break it down. This has been like a, at this point, a multi-year saga where one side of the sink was leaking. The cold water side of the sink was mm-hmm. leaking. So it's like a fancy sink. So it has the like ceramic cartridge like uh, uh, valve things, which are pretty expensive. What's that? There, there are like there are various ways that your sink releases sinks can release water. And the fanciest way is that there's a little like these this like ceramic valve where there's two discs that like press against each other and they like. When you turn the sink, it like turns one of the discs and it has slots on one side. So it lets water out. Most sinks just have. Oh, so if you wanted to uh, collect water in the sink, you would engage these discs. No, no, this is this is for like no, the, I... the faucet, like when you turn the the knob. So my t- my sink has two. It has a oh. hot, hot turny thing and a cold turny thing. Got it. So it was leaking and so like leaking from the, you know, like drip, 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 like it wasn't closing all the way. So the, uh, mm-hmm. so I replaced, I bought, I purchased a new one of these valve things and I replaced the cold water side. And in doing this, I noticed that, well, I didn't notice this, but like the hot water side of my sink was like really hard to turn for some reason. So I was like, oh, I'll just replace that one too while I'm at it and maybe it'll be easier to turn. So I replaced that one, that one too. And in the process of doing this, I think what I did, I think what there was gunk in the, in the tubes, there was gunk in the tube. So I replaced it. Gunk in the t- Great yep. band name. <laughs> gunk in the tubes. I replaced <laughs> the hot water side. I turned it on and I turned it off immediately, which I've since learned you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to let the water run for a while. I turned it off immediately, and when I turned it off, it, like, there was some resistance, and I, like, pushed it, and there was, like, a little bit of crunching, and then uh, mm. suddenly the hot water was leaking, like, aggressively, like, not close at all. So, that was bad news. So, I took the sink apart. It turns out there was some, like, some, like, rusty, like, metal in the in the line, and so it just totally destroyed the valve, which was awesome. So... I ordered another hot water valve, which arrived like some some weeks later. I replaced it, 
And what did you do in the meantime? Well, in the meantime, I just shut off the hot water, like at the sh- the under under the under the sink, <laughs> uh-huh. which causes all kinds of chaos in the pipes because, like, the the tubes, like where they meet, be- they're they're like connected. They're just it's just like water pushing against each other, and so like having one side off makes gets like air and crap into the into the cone side so it does all the things where like you'll shut the water off and it'll like bang the pipes <laughs> it's terrible oh boy yeah and so so i did that so i replaced the the hot water again and like after a week it started leaking again and that was like 6 months ago and i finally got around to ordering yet another hot water valve and this time I put it in and I also like there was some like some gunky buildup like some, our, the water here is kind of hard. So so you get like sediment buildup. So there was some 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 lumps of like hard stuff where the where the seal where it was supposed to seal. So I scraped that off. And now I'm not I'm not trying to get too excited. I'm very, <laughs> very wary because the last time I thought it was working. And then it started leaking again. But so far, it's been two days. No leaks and no uh, pipe banging or any other plumbing shenanigans. Man, the, the pipe banging's the worst. Oh, yeah. It's bad news. It's it, it's amazing to me. I don't, people don't realize how dirty and gross stuff like this can get. Stuff involving where water sits in it for decades. I mean, I've replaced a couple garbage disposals. Oof. I've, I've, you know, the, the, the U joint under the sink and all this kind of, you know, when, when you put in a new faucet and there's just gunk and sediment and, ugh, yeah. so unpleasant. I've really had a learn by doing experience with the sinks, which I'm, Did, I would not have done if it wasn't the pandemic. Like I definitely would have called someone in another in another time, yeah. but I'm, I'm glad that I didn't because now I, I feel like I, I I can I can wrangle a sink if I need to. Well, did I did I ever tell you guys what I did to the my my bathtub at my old house right before no. I sold it? No. Oh, this was spectacular. So my tub faucet was dripping, not like not. Not gushing, but a little more than drip, drip, drip. Like a decent amount of water was coming. I measured once. It was like several gallons a day if you added it up. And my realtor was like, oh, you can't sell it like that. And I said, fuck, yeah, I can. Let them fix it. But no. So, well, I'm too cheap to hire a plumber because I started taking the it was the faucet handles. They were ancient, original to the house from the 70s. So I started taking them off and I realized, oh, no, I'm in over my head because I could tell they were broken. The faucet handles were broken, but because they're so old, they don't make replacement parts. So the what I should have done was call a plumber to come actually cut them out and solder in like whole new valves right to the pipe. Even though it was only a small piece in the middle of each that was busted. However, I am cheap and about to sell my house. So I didn't do that. So instead, I went to Home Depot bought a random grab bag of plumbing supplies. I, no joke, glued them together. And and I swear to God, the day I sold the house, it wasn't dripping and the handles worked just fine. What I learned later was that they had to replace all the plumbing in the bathroom because I glued it all together. (laughs) 
my realtor was like, you know, Sean, you really screwed up that bathroom pretty badly. And I'm like, and that's why you never know what you get when you buy a house. Because it looked great and it functioned great just long enough for me to sell it. Now, but I literally was so mad. I was like gluing stuff together and I'm like, I don't think I should be doing this. And I'm guessing like there's no way for anyone to tell, right? Unless you took the took it apart. Well, that's the thing about house inspections is they only check like they don't look in the walls. They don't like take the handles off of the faucet till they turn it on. Hey, it works. They turn it off. It stopped with the water. You're good. Like y- you can get by a lot of stuff if you're a clown like me. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's why plumbing. I'm very. I, I get what you're doing, and I agree with the uh, with the pandemic, but I'm very aggressive. About, I have brought in plumbers since the pandemic because plumbing is one thing. Yeah, I've learned the hard way. Don't you're going to regret messing with plumbing. Yeah, the, my policy is anything that can damage something else. If I fuck it up, I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, ten dollars yeah. worth of damage. No, but like, like for example, we were we were. Uh, considering like hanging a TV, for instance, hanging a TV. If I screw that up, I might damage the wall, the floor and the TV. No, not <laughs> happening. <laughs> That's like 10 grand right there. No. Mm-hmm. See, I've hung, I've hung my own TV multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told, I told you guys about I I've got so many bad home improvement stories. But I told you guys about the first TV I ever hung. I put in, I drilled, pre-drilled the first couple screws into the studs, and I did the fourth, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And I'm pushing it all of a sudden, toosh, it just pops. I'm like, what the hell is that? I drew it through the back, I drilled it through the back of my medicine cabinet <laughs> in my bathroom. Turns out I measured right. There should have been a stud there, except they cut it out to put in a medicine cabinet. <laughs> and so there was just permanently a big hole in the back of my medicine cabinet where I tried to mount a TV. That's yeah. Fun. Never assume what's behind your walls, kids. That's that's a free lesson. <laughs> yeah. With the number oh. of holes I drilled in the walls, I'm surprised I haven't hit anything more interesting than, like, another screw. I did have... I had a streak once where, like, three times in a row, I drilled a hole directly into a screw that was <laughs> in, in the... Studio. Oh, that was already there? That's impressive. It's, it's never, it hadn't happened before and it's never happened since, but I don't know. Uh, houses. They should, now, they shouldn't let us do this. <laughs> now, when you've hung TVs, have you, have you hung a TV in a rental unit? No. Okay. I have not okay. either. All right. Just check it. Just, they're, they're just too big a holes to pack. That was my thought. Yeah. Okay. Unless you have the paint. If you have a penny, they do like places do a really good job matching paint. I learned that's the thing I learned over the summer. Yeah. But then, you know, that it's one thing to patch a hole. It's another thing like, all right, step one, go to the paint store. Step two, special order this paint because they don't have it and then get it. And then, you know, just like, you know, not worth it. My fear with mounting at a rental, though, is not like if it goes well, you're probably fine, because I do think you can patch it if you take it down and all you're fine. The issue is going to be if you accidentally because those they're big screws, they're right into the studs there. If you screw it up, it's going to take down a huge chunk of the wall. the, The failure doesn't doesn't make up for the benefit of having it mounted in a rental. 
Agreed. Yeah. You definitely wouldn't endear yourself to your landlord. I feel like you could ask your landlord to do it. Or but this is just, some. he's just yeah. a guy. He's just a guy who works at Amazon. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, I bet a guy who works at Amazon appreciates the, you know, <laughs> the need to for a Walmart. TV. TV. It's actually artwork in this case, not TV. Lena has some extremely <laughs> heavy artwork. <laughs> Um, oh. actually one of them is in hell yeah blue bag behind me. If you, if you <laughs> like, it's big, uh, hell yeah. But when I looked it up, I was like, oh yeah, step one, find the stud. Step two, you know, drill the, the, the pre hole and then put this plastic thing inside and then get this bolt and do this. It's like, nah. Yeah. That's yeah. And then patching, it was like a three day affair. It's like, oh yeah, first you just. You got to put the stuff on it, and then you paint it once, and then you let it dry, and then you paint it again, and it's like done. Eh, not mm, that painting takes so long. Painting according to the instructions takes so long. <laughs> 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 you could put it that way, sure. <laughs> there's a reason why there's that saying about watching paint dry. Yeah. And Colby will not have it. No, it's not time for that. The busy man did it once. Oh yeah, never again. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's your new strategy? I don't know. I mean, I think my new strategy is just to not paint until I move out of here. <laughs> Fair. I think the real problem was when I was painting like the the window, the repair, the the newly installed windows. It was. A, I did them one at a time. So I did like one a weekend. And I also, all, like all of my stuff was in here. So I had to, step one of painting was like move everything into like out of the way. As much Prepare as possible. The way. And then, then do some painting. And then like it was, you know, you do like two coats and then it was, uh, you know, you had to let it dry for three hours <laughs> or whatever. So that like that was the day. And then you had to move all this stuff back to like live your life. And then day two, start again. So it was, it was, did you listen to the, uh, to, to paint like, you know, 20 square feet of wall? Did, did you listen to the, uh, podcast with Merlin Mann and John Syracuse where he gets the new refrigerator? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he would really appreciate it. I'll, I'll find it. I will put it in the show notes. Nice. Uh, introduce the concept to me, and it sounds like you're already familiar with it, of preparing the way, the pre-work. Oh, yeah. Get a refrigerator, but that's like, that's just step one. Right. I'm very familiar with this. <laughs> yeah. Every time I get something delivered, I have to move everything, like something big. Like, you got to move all the furniture into the bedroom. Or at least out of, you know, the furniture that's in the walking path. Out of the out of the mm -hmm. walking path. Madness. Making the most of that space. Yep. You know. Uh guys, why don't we pivot on over to the news? There's what do you news. say? Let's do it. Did you know there, the New York Times? There's always Wordle? news. Hey, that's Whoa. a little rundown. Off the I, I would love to talk about Wordle. Uh, 
Wordle, the uh, the the smash hit viral online word game, uh, was purchased by the New York Times. Guys, are you Wordle players? I I've seen some of you. Yeah, okay, I see some some nodding right. heads. For sure, big big fans I've of the game. I've fallen off ever since I was released from solitary confinement <laughs> at my old desolate apartment, but I still play it sometimes. Yeah, I do it most days. I I. I, I'm a fa- you know, first of all, this is just, did you guys ever see the game show Lingo back in the day? No. No, but, I, but you're a game show Lingo, aficionado. Well, Lingo is basically Wordle, where it would do the same thing, where it was five-letter words, and they would tell you right letter, wrong place, or right letter, right place, and you would use it to win money. So this isn't like, the guy didn't invent the concept, he just built a really slick, easy-to-use, simple web app for it, but... Um, for those who haven't played, it's just guessing a word of the day. I I really have fallen in love with the daily puzzle, uh, Wordle, and then I I there are a couple others I keep book book bookmarked that I like to play on a daily basis. But uh, Wordle's been bought by the New York Times. Now New York Times already has a suite of games. If you're not familiar, um, on their website, uh, including games, uh, obviously the crossword puzzle, um, which is very classic. Uh, but they also have uh, Letterboxd. They have the Spelling Bee. They have um, they have like five or six daily God games they, on there. They bought Letterboxd, or, or did they always have Letterboxd? Was that always a New York Times thing? The game? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good I question. Thought it, I, I thought it wasn't, but maybe I just never realized. I mean, they're, they're definitely investing in it. Uh, they've reportedly spent low seven figures for Wordle. Um, the app will remain uh, will initially remain free to new and existing players, uh, according to its creator Josh Wardle, um, and he's working with the New York Times to preserve players' existing wins and streak data once the game heads over to the website. That's cool. Nice. I mean, that's a good payday for that guy. Sorry, did you yeah, say no low kidding. six figures or low seven figures? Seven. Seven. O- over Damn. the mill mark. Yes. Mm-hmm. The mill mark. How do you feel yep. about things? You know, nothing can exist in nothing successful seems to be able to exist independently. Um, I don't. I think this could have survived on its own. I mean, this sure. is so dense. I, I, you know, the 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 guy who created it wrote a little update on Twitter talking about the sale. He was basically like. Dude, this is overwhelming. Like, this blew up out of nowhere. I made this thing for fun, and they're offering me over a million dollars for it. Yeah, I'll sell it. I think he could have kept it running in its current state forever, but he wasn't profiting off of it, and he wasn't going to turn it into a business. So, yeah. I mean, it raises the question, like, what is the price tag for Don't Panic? Well, that's how can we, you know, again, we're, we're about chasing trends here on the show. How do we turn Dope Panic into a daily game is really that's what's hot. Well, that's the fabric. we have the daily pick. This we do. We got to gamify it. That's true. Where it's like the pick, but it's missing letters Ooh, or something. Yeah, or like it, it presents you like four links and which one of these is a pick and which one was a news story. Yes, that was probably pretty yes. easy, though, but. No, I, I like the idea. Like it presents you po- four picks, and you have to pick which one is down, now defunct. Or maybe which one <laughs> is not defunct. <laughs> Match the host to the pick. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. 
I mean, I think I, I would say, look, if Wordle is worth low seven figures, I mean, we've got to be worth low four figures. <laughs> I was. I mean, I don't think that's unreasonable, right? We have we have like you know our audience is small, but each extremely valuable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our our one episode to one listener ratio um, in terms of our listener base, I think it's a no brainer. Advertisers, they want highly engaged, you know, audiences. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When I think of the don't panic audience, the first thing that comes to my mind is highly engaged. Yeah, man. Hey, what percentage? I think our most percentage of our total listenership is watching right now. That's all I'm saying. I bet you it's pretty high. Yeah. Well, it's probably the same percentage uh, that comment on our YouTube videos. Why don't you guys just give up already? (laughs) (laughs) We should we should change the subtitle of the podcast (laughs) to that. (laughs) Why don't you give up already? I kind of I kind of like don't panic. Call it a daily word game. You know, it's like when, uh, what was it, the Long Island Ice Tea Company changed their name to Long Island Blockchain for a week, <laughs> and their stock went up like a thousand percent. I think we should do that. So, there you go. Do you guys have any uh, other other little daily games you like to play? No, I was... If, if you caught on to this trend? I don't, but I like the idea. I like that... Uh, yeah, what are, I, I, I what are the ones you like? Yeah. Well, I keep them bookmarked, and so when I have a little bit of downtime at work, I like to bang through a couple of them. So I'll do Wordle. Letterboxd is very fun. I do like that game. Spelling Bee is too hard. I can't do Spelling Bee. I know that one went viral a little while back. And then um, Vulture, which I don't know if you guys know the Vulture blog from the New Yorker, all entertainment stuff. They do a daily crossword. Hmm. Uh, that's It's not huge, uh, but it is challenging. Uh, but it's all entertainment stuff, so that's a little more in my alley. So I've been doing that. That's That's it for the moment. I've had times when I was into the times crossword. I just, I don't like that. Like I like the Monday crossword and I like the Tuesday (laughs) crossword, but there is a, you know, Sunday is soul crushing. I wish it were just easier. I wish I could have an easy one for me, you know? The Colby edition. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't, I'm not <laughs> interested in becoming more, any more cultured than I already am. I, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied you're, you're with the it. level I'm at on that front. Um, you know, you don't try. Oh, I'll be the. <laughs> what? Go ahead, Sean. I'll be the first to admit I cheat. I mean, I'll do the reveal letter reveal word. If I mean, I try not to, but I also will not quit without finishing. So if I get really stuck, like I will, right, uh, I'm not that committed. You have to Google it. <laughs> no, I, it's it's just you know I want to finish it, and I've got other like I've got a meeting I got to get to. Like I'm going to finish, wrap it up. Like I'm out of here. Yeah. Now, you, so you're not interested in. Uh... I have a friend who I I think I don't know how high up she is. She is on like global leaderboards for Sunday crossword puzzles. Her time is in the single digit minutes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now that, you know, we talk about Twitch Mm -hmm. and people streaming video games. If someone streamed themselves doing the crossword that that I would watch that I want to see. That would would be cool if there was like a play by play of their thought process. Like, 
Yeah. Well, they have to talk right. it out and be like, take you through how they come to these answers. But man, that would be impressive. Did you see, I haven't watched it yet, but there was, do you know about the awesome games done quick event speed running? I heard about it, but I don't know much. About it's, it. it's a speed running thing. People get together in person in the before times and virtually now and speed and they do live speed runs of video games and they get like the best people for each game to, to do it. And this year there's a new category of speed running geo guesser. The game where you're dropped mm. into a, a Google street maps view and you have, you have to figure out as fast as you can exactly where you are. And the clo- that, I, that is one I would like. To I, I'll, I'll have to find it. I, I want to watch it too. Cause it's, you know, I, and this is not to take away from people who play video games very fast or very well, but that's it's hand eye coordination. Like I get the physical nature of like, OK, I can hit the trigger faster. My eyes respond. But like the mental stuff, like the knowledge stuff, you like Jeopardy or something like the knowledge stuff you, that impresses me like that. I like to see working. Have we talked about the, you know, the, I, there is a lot of hand eye coordination in speed runs, but. Have we talked about the the uh, crazy optimized speed runs where like the uh, the Super Mario sixty four one where they they end up talking about like in like twelve dimensions like in order to understand the speed run first we have to to understand twelve dimensional <laughs> movement. Have you seen this video, Sean? God, no, you walked us through okay, it though. Yeah, you, yeah. We, we 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 did talk about it on the show and some of the other little uh, good, good good you know uh, errors in code they'll exploit and all that the the, the whole speed running right. Thing. So there's there isn't there's one side of it which is which is intellectual and cerebral, which is understanding or imagining how it's how to like take these tricks and apply them in new ways that to get to go faster. I love it. And also, Colby, thank you for putting in our uh, our, sl- our uh, Slack here. Um, there is New York Times crossword streaming on Twitch. Not that much, though. No. Should I should I start streaming my uh, my daily games? What do you think? I would watch. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Because I I don't. Do you guys have a Wordle strategy? Yeah. No. Are you willing to share it? Tears. Or is this T A T A R E S? Okay. I think those are a lot of the most common letters in words. Your T's, your R's, A E S. Lots of words end in S. Um, that's my strategy. And then depend. It depends how I feel. Sometimes I'm feeling spicy. I go for the hard mode where you have to use all of the word, all of the letters that you correctly guessed. Uh, at least the you know letter and position in your future guesses. Sometimes I don't. Mm. If I don't, then as soon as I get one, I'm like, especially the first half, first three guesses, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to use any of these words, even ones I didn't get in the right spot or any of these letters. Mm. That's my strategy. Wow. Yeah, I'm train and pours. Train and pours. four vowels and a lot of con- a lot of popular consonants, including S and T. Nice. That's a good one. But I always, but I'm also the guy who's like three or four words in will guess a word that like doesn't have any repeating letters in it just to try and get some in and try and uh, try and figure out some extra letters. I'm not good. I think the bet I did it once in two. And other than that, most of the time it's five or six. I'm not, I'm not that good. I did it once in two because I saw Laura's uh, (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Still counts. I did. I, we may have talked about this, but my first ever Wordle game, I, I got it on the first try. <laughs> you did. Wow. Wow. No, I think, you know what? I think, yeah, I think it was the first guess I got ev- all black squares, nothing right. And the second guess, I just got it correct. You got it. I was word. like, I don't, I don't understand how this game works. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, that's not a good introduction. Uh, I don't like that no. there can be words with two of the same letter. I think mm. that's annoying. Oh, I'm upset they won't let me make up words. <laughs> I saw a cool one today, uh, which was, a, it was Wordle, but New York City subway. And so you're presented with all the subway lines, and you have three, I think, squares and five guesses. And there's a route that uh, you're trying to guess. And it's a real life route. And so today it was like Times Square to somewhere in Queens. And it's like first you'd like take the S from Times Square to this other station. Then you take this other train from there to Queens. Then in Queens you transfer this other train. And that that's the route. Uh, and oh, same thing. It'll say like, oh, yeah, the S is there, but it's not the first train. It's like, hmm, OK. Uh, and you have to use like different, you know, your your geographical brain figure it out yeah i like that smart stuff man uh any other uh any other news stories in here worth uh, talking about guys well wordle must have been the biggest you know acquisition in gaming news today right so yeah oh for sure not even close uh no actually we've seen a lot of acquisitions in gaming and it's not just the new york times buying all the games um we didn't we got into a little bit last week. We talked about Activision Blizzard going over to Microsoft. Well, Sony's getting in on the action, buying Bungie, the developer of Destiny and others, for $3.6 billion. billion. How does that compare to the uh, the Activision one? That was $68 billion. $68 billion. Wow. Yep. And then uh, Take-Two Interactive bought... Uh, everyone's favorite Facebook gaming app developer Zynga for twelve point seven billion. Really, Zynga? What is Zynga up to these days? Is Farmville still like killing it? Are there like fifteen year veterans of Farmville still playing? Uh that's a. Good question. I'm gonna see if I can find their like current list of games from their website. Games, uh, yeah, Farmville, Words with Friends, Umpires and Puzzles, Mere Dragons. Mm, words with it's a lot of like, you know, when you see those ads for apps where you're like, I would never give them my personal information <laughs> that look like scams. Like they make those, right? But they have a lot of them. Boggle with Friends, Dawn of Titans, Gin Rummy Plus. Yeah, these look awful. Solitaire. But Willy Wonka slots. Uh, <laughs> so apparently it's worth $12 billion. So, you um, you know, take what you can get. But games, uh, man. Yeah. So, man, big, big money. Big money. Well, so what's funny is, you know, Microsoft used to own Bungie. 
I don't know if you know this. That's right. They developed they developed the original right. Halo. But then before that, Bungie was like the the darling Mac developer of games. It was like the only company that made Mac games. So they've really been around. They've next they'll just need to get bought by Nintendo and then they'll have I don't know, whatever the EGOT <laughs> of games is, they'll have it. Well, I guess it's a question for you guys. You know, every uh, every time one of these apps, uh, these manufacturers, these developers, don't know why I couldn't say that word, developers is purchased, uh, they keep saying, no, 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 we're going to stay cross-platform. Just because Microsoft buys us doesn't mean we're Xbox exclusive or Sony PS uh, PlayStation exclusive, at least for a couple of years. Do you guys think that they event, do you think there's more money in it being cross-platform or do you think eventually some of these go uh, exclusive? I think we're seeing that with the uh, Bethesda acquisition, the, the original one that Microsoft did last year, I think. Yep. Um, I think they've said that some of their new games are going to be Xbox exclusive. So I think that's the way it's going to go. We're back to the bad old days. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, you know, I, I go back and forth because I agree with you. Obviously, exclusivity drives console sales. But at the same time, in, in an age of in-app microtransactions, you would think having it in more places would lead to more incremental revenue. But again, the the uh, subscription services, they you know, all these people want to be the Netflix of games now, including Netflix. <laughs> but but isn't but also but isn't that Netflix's strategy right? Is like I think my car has Netflix on it. Like everything has Netflix on it, so it would make sense to put. I, I guess what you're saying is it's an Xbox exclusive, but you can play your Xbox games on any device. Yeah, can you do that? Um, watch Netflix in my car. Uh, no, can you play <laughs> like if you have that? Was it Game Pass? Is that what they call it? Because yeah. for a while, PlayStation had the thing where you could play, you would get like a PS4 in the cloud. Right. Yeah. Is there a thing like that for Xbox yet? Because I could imagine if PlayStation were in this position, I'd be like, sure, you know, PlayStation, there'll be a PlayStation Now app for Xbox and for Windows and iOS and all this stuff. Yeah. So right now, um, Xbox consoles, PC, Android phones and tablets get Xbox Game Pass, but they're not really on a lot of. Um, uh, and actually, I believe your iPhone can play certain games through the browser right. at Xbox.com. But outside of that, they haven't really gotten on a lot of like set top boxes and and it, like what, what was it? Is it Stadia has done where they're integrated with a lot of right. TVs? I think GeForce Now, which is NVIDIA streaming game services, is like in Samsung TVs and stuff. Um, they're just not there yet. But I, it wouldn't be crazy, in my opinion, at some point to see like an Xbox app on your PlayStation. Yeah, although PlayStation could just say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I think at that point, then they say, okay, but we want the PlayStation now on the Xbox. And they sort of mutually, you know, I don't know. I, I think if really subscriptions are their future and they don't care where you're playing it, it's in their best interest to be on as many devices yeah. as possible. Sad times. It will be interesting. It will be interesting. Remember, guys, consolidation is good. <laughs> means means operational efficiency. Right. The market is working. Remember. Uh, yes. 
Yes. Think of how much easier your life will be when all of your favorite brands are owned by one company. <laughs> They're doing it for you, darn it. Um, that's, that's excellent stuff, guys. Uh, but that's all the time we have for news. We have got to move on to picks, the part of the show where each of us bring something we want to talk about. And I've got to have Colby go first because I have, I have looked at this thing over and over and I got to know if he actually bought one. Colby, tell us about your pick. The, the, Oh my God. The, uh, I got one of those remarkable things. It's like, it's like a Kindle. If, if you smooshed a Kindle and an iPad together, it's like an iPad that you can't do anything on. Um, But the reason, so I, uh, I've been using like most of pandemic pandemic life. I've been using like a notebook for work, which is, which is useful. But then when you finish the notebook, you have a notebook of garbage. Like it's just, I'm just, I feel like I'm just producing garbage. And so, so I saw, you know, I've seen these things on the internet. And I know some people who have them and really like them. So I decided that I would try out, try the remarkable thing. They also have like a, you know, if you don't like it within a hundred days, you can just return it. Um, so I got one and it came last week and I've been using it for a few days and I'm like, it's way better than I thought it would be. It, it is as advertised. It's a thing you can write on and that's, that's all it does. And it kind of like syncs stuff to, to, to an app on your phone. Apparently you can also connect it to like Google drive or something. Um, but it just works really well. And it does like, you know, like the Kindle versus an iPad, the battery will last for like two weeks or something. Like I've been using it for four days and, and it's still at 80% charge. Um, since the last time I charged it and like the pen works really well. It feels like there's a tiny bit of, you know, like it's a tiny bit behind you, but it's not, uh, I feel like it's, it's like fast enough that it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really face you at all. You kind of forget. It's like, not, not a thing. It comes with like, there's like two pen things. Like I think you have to buy the pen separately. And one is one of them, the slightly more expensive one has like an eraser thing, which is nice, but it's kind of cool. If you take notes and you don't, the thing I really, I also like, I looked around at some notebooks and I couldn't find a notebook that had the format that I wanted. So I was like, you know what, who needs a notebook? Just get a try a computer thing. Um, but I think it's cool so far. Yeah. Cool. If you take notes and uh, I don't know. Not that it's not even that my notes are the things I take notes about are not really important. They're mostly throwaway stuff, but. Well, that's what I was wondering. I am. If you ever see my desk at the office, I am famous for, I have a lot of little slips of paper everywhere with like little jotted down stuff, like while I'm on the phone or little, like don't forget about this kind of stuff. And I don't want to keep all of it. Like the second I'm done with it, I want to get rid of it. And so that's why I don't like traditional notebooks because then they end up with pages of stuff I don't care about. Yeah. And it sounds like this is a solution to that. Yeah. It's also kind of fun. 
I'm definitely in the phase where it's still like, it's a cool new thing. So we'll see if uh, mm -hmm. in two weeks, if I am not using it, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll All report right. back, but like it definitely works. It's kind of cool. Please do. They That's also, very cool. a thing I'm confused about is that there's like a subscription thing that they have. And I think I have, like, I think I like, paid for the subscription in exchange for some dollars off of the, the thing or something, but I'm super confused about what the subscription does versus not. So, Yeah, based on the website, you get cloud storage, you get like Google Drive, Dropbox, OneDrive integration, handwriting conversion mm -hmm. into text screen share. You got to pay for all that. I stuff. haven't tried the, uh, the handwriting conversion. I have no, I don't know if it's good or bad. That's my story. Cool. All right. Sweet. Nice. That's an exciting pick. What about uh, what about you, Dan? Um, see a theme here. Yeah. So I I mentioned earlier that I was able to get my Ring cameras, which are Amazon devices that don't integrate with anything other than Alexa, uh, hooked up with HomeKit secure videos, and what that means is that. Uh, I don't have to pay for the ring subscription because the videos that when, when motion is detected, videos recorded and stored in my iCloud drive. And so I save myself the however much per month it is. And the way I do this is with a thing called scripted, which is spelled exactly the way it sounds, except with a Y instead of an I scripted, uh, which is kind of like Homebridge but more complicated. Uh, but it can live right alongside Homebridge in your HomeKit stuff. So I have Homebridge installed and I have Scripted installed. And now I run the Ring video stuff through Scripted and not through Homebridge. And that gives me most of the benefits of Homebridge uh, with the added benefit of when I get a notification, someone's at your door, I get to look at it and be like, who was at my door? Because I, you know, Man, these these delivery drivers and stuff, they they move so quickly. By the time I click the thing and the stream starts, that they're you almost always gone. Um, uh, the only downside is that something Homebridge does that Scripted does not is it is when you set up the Ring doorbell in Homebridge, it's an actual doorbell in HomeKit, which means you get the the WWDC experience of when someone rings your doorbell and you're watching TV, the like video feed pops up on your TV. Don't get that with scripted, but to be honest, that wasn't that useful anyways, but it did feel cool. Oh, also all your home pods ring. If it's an actual doorbell, which is cool, especially if you live in a multi-tiered house, multi-tiered, mm. multi-floored. <laughs> cool. Scripted.app. Yeah, you'll you'll Very need nice. a keep, you keep... know a computer to have it running on always. But let's be honest, if you're listening to the show, you've probably got five, six, twelve computers liner. I mean, no shortage of computers. maybe, but you could turn around the, and sell those things. There's a big Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi shortage right now. Oh really? Yeah. I knew I should have invested when I had the. Did chance. you know they make eight gigabyte Raspberry Pis? I, I learned that today. Oh my, is that a lot? I don't know. I think that's a lot. It wasn't so long ago that Apple sold eight gigabyte MacBooks <laughs> as the base model. Actually, they still do, right? Probably. 
Isn't that the base uh, M1 Mac? Uh, I okay. Well, I have eight in my computer, so there you go. Maybe I, maybe I should shut my damn mouth. <laughs> uh, no, guys, uh, enough enough technology. I don't want to hear any more about your technology. We're going old school for my pick. We were talking about uh, hanging stuff up. A big part of that is finding studs in mm-hmm. walls. Uh, I can't take credit. It's the wire cutters pick. Uh, and naturally, when I bought my first house, I kind of bought everything they recommended, including the C.H. Hansen magnetic stud finder. Now, I know what you're saying. Sean, must be easy to find a stud because you are one. And I say, hey, first of all, that's a nice thing for you to say. Second of all, uh, no, you need an actual stud finder. Ten bucks. You get this thing. It's got magnets in it, uh, which is nice. You kind of just run it over the wall and it tunk, and you can it kind of like sticks to where the, the nails are and the studs and any pipes or anything. And it's got a little level built in. I don't know. I, I can't say much about it other than it's incredibly simple and works well. And it's how I've hung up a lot that's of stuff. Cool. So, yeah, a little, little thing to keep it. That's in your the toolbox. thing you need. The electronic ones don't work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's old school, but it's also I will say it's also convenient because it has the little level built in. So you can quickly sort of pinpoint what you're doing without having to have a bunch of extra. It's got tools. the level and it's got the little pointer thing. That's what, that's what you need. Yep. Yeah. No, it's great. I'm a, I'm a fan. No batteries. It's just magnets, magnets. just magnets. So, uh, the CH Hansen depth metal and wood stud finder, uh, we will include links to that and all the other picks on the I website. Think the real question is, who is C.H. Hansen and why is he a Viking? Uh, who is C.H.? You know, is this one of those things like, was he canceled? Like, are you, are you sure you want I me to find maybe, out who C.H. Hansen is? Point. Maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't ask questions we don't want to know the answers to. Don't open Pandora's exactly. box. Our company's founder, Christian Henry Hansen, the CH of CH Hansen, came to the United States of America from Denmark in the mid-1800s. Shortly after arriving in the U.S., the 39th New York Volunteer Infantry drafted him into the Civil War. He fought with the 39th in many major battles, but was injured in the Battle of Gettysburg. He was taken to Fort Dearborn in Chicago, where he was discharged and decided to settle in the growing city. Uh, In 1866, he founded CH Hansen, basing it off the stencil business he knew in Denmark. Wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is very (laughs) long, but I kind of do want to keep reading it to you. Uh, uh, The king of Denmark even recognized him for his his work helping Danish immigrants. But then six years after the business began, the Great Chicago Fire almost destroyed all of his work. After his building burned down with just the clothes on his back and a handful of stencil dyes, he vowed to rebuild everything. And they did. They've been in business for over 150 they years. Did. Wow. wow. What a story. I'm glad I asked. And still owned uh, by the Hanson family. The fourth and fifth generations are running the company today. So support a family owned business with my pick this week. <laughs> cool. Well, gentlemen, anything else this evening? No. No? We did it. We sure no did. Put, what, a, what a great episode. No one tried to break into my house. <laughs> Get out of here. No. No. It, it, and as we've learned, it's very easy. Uh, yeah, as long so, as you know the secret. Sh- secret giant sure back folks. door. <laughs> that is actually the front door because <laughs> it's the one visible from the street. The, a, a literal back door into Dan's house. Um, 
Yeah, wonderful. Well, hey, look, if, if you're looking for any other secrets as to how to bring in dance house, you got to go to our website, don'tpanic.io. We've got all the past episodes there, audio and video as well as links to all the pics. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, you can also subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It's the best way to get the show every week. And the video version is on YouTube as well. And of course, you can get in contact with us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com or tweet at us at don'tpanicshow on Twitter. But we're done here. What a wonderful Monday night spending it with you, gents. Always a pleasure on behalf of Dan and Colby. I'm Sean. Appreciate y'all being here. We'll see you next time for a great edition of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.